That's what this place was built on. That's what our community is founded on. Don't act like the example, just be the example. This is the home of the greatest fitness community in the world. We're trying to create strong, able bodies, resilient to injury with a gas tank to get shit done. If there's one thing from this podcast it's about taking media action, find the problem, fix the problem, this is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, big fan, long time listener. Long time listener, first time caller. First time caller. <laughs> just give me one second. I'm just gonna kill this heat here, man. It's fucking snowing here today. Is it warm there? Yeah, it's like 70 here. Jealous. Jealous. All right, there we go. Super professional show. Okay, so welcome to Take One Podcast, everybody. I'm your host Tony Smith. You guys should know that by now. And I am here. I bring my guests and myself I'm here every week to inspire you to do more and be more, do more for others, be more for yourself, and to take action on your weaknesses. And if there's anybody in my life that has definitely taken action on his goals, it is this guy right here, Randy Reyes. So, Randy, I want to talk to you today, like about a bunch of stuff. I, I mean, pursuing the life you wanted is one of the ones. Uh, perseverance and taking risks because I think uh, our friend group is pretty crazy about the risks we've taken, but you're the one who started it all really because you're the first one to uh, kind of chase your dream when you moved away. I mean, let's just start right there, man. Like we went way back in high school and I think we're like a minute out of high school and you say you're moving to Chicago to join, uh, was it Carlson Gracie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were young, and we we all know this story, uh, Phil and I, and and we would do a lot of jujitsu and and stuff. We'd go to those seminars, and when I was nineteen or eighteen, I thought ultimate fighting would be cool. So I ultimately kind of looked at the things you needed to do, and, and you know, looking back, you know, you're just young and you're ignorant, but you're at least you're kind of leading into your dreams, kind of thing. I thought, you know, what, what would be a quick path to that? And uh, so my sister was going to chiropractic school in uh, right, Chicago. Right, I that connection. Right, okay. Yeah, and that's how I basically got out there. So she was going out there. 
uh, we would visit every now and then, and uh, they had a school out there, a jiu-jitsu school, which were hard to come by. I want to say, like, man, 20 years ago? I mean, even more like 23 years ago because we're 43 now. Yeah. They're hard to come by. So it was the only one there. So I just thought to myself, well, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I always kind of knew I had a backup plan to work where my mom worked. My mom was a customs officer in Windsor forever. Uh, that was always kind of like the side backup plan because I, you know, in, in high school, I wasn't the most studious. Right, let's just say I just sucked at school. <laughs> I just, that's, yeah, that, like, that's like, for those listening, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like I, I got by with charm. I think a lot of us did. You just got by with charm. Um, I, it just it, it wasn't in the cards for me. It was something that didn't appeal to me. So uh, I basically moved in with my sister. She lived uh, she lived in Lincoln Park, kind of like outside of the outskirts of downtown to Chicago. And uh, I, I basically went to I. I, I started jujitsu. So I was 19, started jujitsu. The way I paid the bills was I, I got a job at Starbucks. Um, I also, what did I do? I worked at a pro shop in like uh, a health club. And, uh, and I also worked at Outback Steakhouse. So uh, I, I, this is nothing new for me. I've always, you know, one of, one of our oldest stories is that I've had lots of jobs. So I have yes. lots of experience doing different things. So Randy's um, had the most jobs of anybody I know in the world. And I think we need to like paint the picture for people. I don't know how old all the listeners are. I assume they're all around our age. But when you moved there, the UFC did not exist, right? This was right. like when they were, they're not we were video watching. Games. I mean, what were we watching was like, we would have to get them from Blockbuster or whatever video store that would have them. They would have the first five, unless we were at our buddy's house who had stolen satellite or whatever. Right. These satellite, were, if you will. Like they fought in the octagon, but there was no weight classes. There was no rules. Like you were pulling hair. We saw people's arms get broken. Yeah. And just a little, like, and Starbucks was probably brand new to the world when you moved to Chicago. Like, I, yeah, you know, like, that's how long ago we're talking. And, you know, the canine posse we referred to, just so people have an idea what that is, that was, um, all of us knew each other from grade school for the most part. And then we all split apart onto different high schools. And I remember uh, meeting up with Mikey, who I'm actually going to meet up with him to drink after we get off this one. And uh, me and him and Scotty, who now lives in Australia, and we met up and we're like, hey, let's just all transfer to Villanova, where Scotty was. And then Phil decided to come, you decided to come, and then it was like, we all get to high school, but you know how it is in high school, now it's grade 10, everybody knew each other except for nobody knew us. Yeah. And nobody wants to sit with us. There's all these like, transfer <laughs> jobs and, uh, and three or four brown guys. You know, that's, <laughs> brown guys had it rough. <laughs> you know, and that's how it was. And then, you know, by the end of it, it was, we were on that place, I guess, yeah. for, for lack of a better word. So, Correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, don't interrupt no, me. No, go. La, La Salle, you and Phil went to La Salle, right? Or La, that's am right. I saying that right? La Salle is La Salle. brown and orange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, yeah, so you guys not listen to Randy, Randy Scopino and the Phil that we're talking about Scopino and Urban, who's part of that crew, is uh does the actually will be one who's editing this video and everything for me. And he's also, you know, Filipino. So we had we had a good jokes going on that we were, you know, I was uh, half Filipino growing up because I spent so much time uh, between everybody's houses. I could uh, I could do the accent still to this day if I needed to, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's kind of hilarious, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, so you go up there for jits, man, and then I remember it's uh, it's me and uh, Mikey decide we are going to make the trip down to visit you. Yeah. And 
this is before, like, this is so old. It's like, it's not that long ago, but it's so, like, technology. It's 20 years so ago. Wild. Yeah. Like, you know, we print out the map quest directions, and, you know, like, I remember driving there. It was, like, insane. My parents let me drive the D-Nasty down there, the old Chrysler <laughs> Dynasty, and we pulled into your, into your, uh, into your dorm, and we had to do the, the Chicago bump to park, so we had to, like, actually oh, put yeah. the, the car behind me. Hit the car. That's how tight it was. Going well, this is when I was in college, still. Yeah, we brought you one Molson Canadian. I, re- I remember. The guy fucking seized it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was like one Molson Canadian and like a, a little bit of crown. And yeah, you visited. I went, so to dial back the story, horrible grades, couldn't get into any university. And this was the only university that would take me in Chicago. It was called North Park University. It was uh, like a born-again Christian school or something. It was very religious. And that's why they, there was no booze. The kids went to church on Thursdays, Thursday nights. And again, coming if you're Canadian listening to this, you're 19 in Canada, right? Your life is amazing when it all opens up, if you didn't have fake ID. And I moved to this place that's just totally, just really Christian. And you're not used to it because the Americans are very, uh, I don't even know what the word, they, they kind of not overboard, but just overzealous with things. So it was like, it was just really Christian based. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was like a dry campus. Kids went to church for fun. It was a weird fit. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Like Americans versus Canadians, I guess the Americans are all in. Like whenever they're yeah. they're doing, they are all in on it. That we definitely felt that, and we went out and we tore that city up. <laughs> I remember coming home on the L train, and you know, a bunch of kids from from LaSalle, Ontario, and you telling me we're all falling asleep because we're half in the bag, we're fully in the bag, and you're like, "Don't sleep with your hands in your pockets, you're gonna get robbed." <laughs> and we woke up at the end. It was like the last stop of the L train hiked it back to your place, but man, what a good time. I remember coming to watch you fight, and that's when, like like we said, like our experience with jiu-jitsu at that point was watching these old videos, and then we would uh, barricade ourselves in Mikey's uh, basement bedroom and literally fight to, to what seemed like near death at those times, and, <laughs> and uh, people thought we were crazy. And then here you are now rolling with these guys and the Gracie family, obviously now everybody knows them, right? Yeah. But that, that was, that was some intense stuff to watch. I remember just watching you get like, Oh my God. So, <laughs> I remember your face. You're like, <laughs> like this, this is too much. This guy. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so that's how that kind of started. And I, and so I pursued that. And uh, at the time, you know, you're just working minimum wage jobs and you're doing what you love. Because I really think when you're young, like, you know, you, you have these paths, right? Especially where we're from. Like, you're going to go to St. Clair College, you're going to University of Windsor. If your grades are good and you get a good enough GPA, then you're going to get a good job. But again, kind of dialing back to it, I just never had the grades or I had the patience to get the grades. It, was just, it, it didn't seem like an out for me. Um, so I worked, these, I worked these service jobs. I would basically open Starbucks at, I think it was like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning do that until 10. Um, I think I would go to the gym because I need to lose weight because I think I was walking around at 200 and they, they wanted me at like 155. Um, and then after the gym, after Bally's Total Fitness, I don't know if you remember that gym, that, that used to be open, that used to be a big chain. Uh, I would go to jujitsu at lunch or like one o'clock, one to three, and then get back at four, work my, it was either the pro shop job or waiting tables at uh, Outback Steakhouse. And I'd do that, I think, until like six o'clock or something like that. And then I'd go back to jujitsu at night. It was just like this cycle of, you know, just 
doing that. But I ultimately left it, you know, when I realized there was no money in it because you need to pursue something else. And uh, I think that's what got me into personal training. When I went from like 200 to like 155, I did that Body for Life book, Bill Phillips. Body for Life? Oh my yeah. God, we're bringing it all back today. That, that's, that's, you know, when creatine was popular and all the supplements, I did that program. And uh, I just, it, it kind of, I liked the way it kind of changed me and, and people I was hanging out with at the time. Uh, of course, actually, they live here now. Um, one of my friend's brothers was like, hey, help me lose weight. You know, what did you do? I'm like, hey, I just got, got it from this book. So I just go and work out with him. And like, he went from, I think, like 220 down to like 170 and became a whole new person. And uh, I really liked that feeling. And, and you probably can attest to it too. You know, you, you see it every day in your business and that, you know, all the posts and all the lives you change when people get fit. It, it, it hit me hard. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat, you know? Um, and so I, I pursued being basically a personal trainer for, let's see, I was doing maybe 20. So I started jujitsu when I was 19. I quit when I was 25. Uh, I, and then I was a personal trainer from till I was 25 until I was 30, I think. You know, like you've always been like the hype man for all of us. And I can imagine you with your clients. But you know what, one thing I've always noticed where you've always been kind of ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, like you started loving jujitsu and getting into jujitsu before the UFC blew up, before people knew about it. Uh, when you got into personal training, it wasn't like now I feel like every other person is a personal trainer or has a personal trainer. And even some of the methods you were using, like you were using chains and bands and prowlers yeah. before they were mainstream in gyms. Like now that's in every gym. Like, you know, most, I mean, maybe not chains, but you know what I'm saying? Like most people yeah. are using those types of dynamic me methods and, you know, the uh, accommodating resistance, all those things, prowlers. I mean, nobody, you had a prowler before I'd ever seen, I'm like, you know, like, what is this guy? Yeah, I used to keep know. it in the neon, remember, in the back. Yeah, drive it around. The back seat. And like, yeah. Um, so that that all came about because uh, as I was kind of reading through, um, I think it was Muscle and Fitness was the magazine. Charles Polinquin ended up being a big influence on my life. I uh, and, and this kind of, if we're kind of segueing into uh, – certain things it's like i learned very early on that you needed to hire mentors or hire coaches to tell you what to do because i didn't go the book route i wasn't in school i wasn't around those people not that i ever felt bad about it but like thinking back on it it's like oh of course that's what you would do that's the next alternative because i'm not passing tests i'm not sitting with professors you know you got to learn out there from people that you, you like so i would see this guy's articles all the time and I liked the process and how it kind of all fit together. You know, there was a great theory behind it. And uh, I remember, I think it was one of the books. I bought all his books. And uh, I think there was like some email address or like a mailing list, like find the Paul and Quinn coach in your area. And again, I was broke, man. Like you think back, like when you're 25, I get 25, that sounds old now, but um, back then I was still young. I was, I was waiting tables at a 24 hour, what was it? 24 hour, like a nightclub kind of barish kind of thing, That's making maybe a hundred dollars a night. Um, and yeah, you're nodding because we used to get to all the bars. Yeah, <laughs> I remember eating, eating steak, smoking, uh, like, uh, what are those cigarettes that are taste like mints? <laughs> like, I was like, what is going on in my life? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but man, you like ahead of the curve. And even now to this day, like moving to Austin, like you did it before all these famous people did. Like, you know, like yeah. 
Joe Rogan, Bruce, all these guys like moved to Austin, Texas, and you were like six months ahead of them. Like you look like a genius, especially the way like I mean you're in real estate, especially the way it blew up out there. Yeah, I always respected that about you. You always like invested in yourself and into coaches. You know, Paul Quinn again ahead of the curve. Like Paul Quinn was a, a big name, but he wasn't. Now he's a legend. You know, yeah. and you were in with him, and you were sending me information, and you were sending me Thibodeau yeah. information, like. These guys are like goats now, right? And and got, I mean, rest in peace for Paul Quinn, but a couple of Canadians, two goats yeah. in the fitness industry. And, and you know, you're always, always ahead of that. And I always respected that about you. And you're like, like pursuing the life that you wanted. Like it was like nobody would tell you. Like, and I think we tried. Like, you're crazy. Are you moving to where? <laughs> and now you're moving to Washington, and now you're moving from there to wherever the fuck you were in Baltimore or something outside. Like, you know, yeah. you were all over the place and constantly and always like this, like no matter, even when, like, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, but like the, uh, the ebbs and flows and the lows and the highs, you know, like you talked about, like, you know, being broke and having shitty jobs a lot of times in your life and then climbing back up to, you know, right now where you're, you know, I, I don't want to talk about your finances, but <laughs> you're sitting in a very comfortable financially. You seem to be in a very comfortable position. You know, and, and that's, that's unreal. Like, how did you always weather the lows, but always keep yourself in such a good headspace? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to just the values that we, we had growing up. I mean, I, and you and I kind of talk about this. We haven't kind of talked about it like publicly like this, but like, or 200 viewers. Um, it's just growing up, you know, I had a good circle of friends. And, and as you read, and one of the things I've been doing kind of lately is like, I've been kind of dissecting and dialing backwards, like how I became successful. Cause before you're, when you're, when you're broke and you're like, you're just reading books and like trying to figure out the pattern to kind of be successful. Um, now that again, what is success? It's a different definition for everybody, but I, I, I've achieved a lot of the targets that I really wanted, um, which is a success for me. Like, one of those things I'm like, definitely not like a, a super millionaire or anything like that, but I definitely achieved what I wanted to do kind of thing. So I like kind of like dialed it back. Cause you're right. There did ebb, it was big ebbs and flows. And so one of the things, um, who was talking about it? I don't know. I, I don't, I want to say it's Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson is something I've, I've been following him a lot over the last, I want to say two and a half years. Um, just kind of dialing back, like how to build yourself up. But it, there's something that was said or some sales book I read that talked about like you can determine someone's character or you can kind of read somebody by figuring out how they grew up. So I don't know if it came from a sales book or whatever, but it's like if I'm – this is – in the end, stop me if I'm going on a tangent. But when I'm like negotiating with a realtor or somebody tough, right, if I'm trying to get a job um, – uh, I'll go on someone like people leave clues online. It's kind of crazy what everybody posts, but you know, you can go to someone's LinkedIn and you can see like where they grew up, where they went to school, um, what high school they went to. Maybe you highlight things and you can find out patterns and you can see pictures of their lives and you can almost like profile who that person wants, you know? And so when you're talking to them, you can kind of use different language. So if they're a military or, uh, you know, uh, very Christian, or I, I don't know, they, they give to a certain like charity, like, there's a vocabulary that they use. And so to easily connect with someone, I'd kind of dial it backwards that way. So I realized, again, kind of getting back to the point is, um, I realized a, a big core of my foundation is the guys I grew up with. Like literally our, our six close friends growing up the way we did 
created a character foundation for me and almost like a, a standard, if you will. Like we were all very confident. I, I going back to story, you're right. Like no one would sit with us. We were kind of awkward or we were the new kids or whatever. And then by the end, you know, it, it, we, we were socially accepted by everybody. And, and, you know, we were up on that kind of hierarchy, I guess you will, if you will, you know, yeah, your high school, and the, like uh, high school cafeteria type thing, right? Yeah. And uh, just the small little lessons that were, were, were given during that time. Like, you know, you get, we were always really good friends to each other. We still are now. I mean, I really feel like I can just call anybody anytime and have a conversation with anybody. I mean, we have that group text going on, but it's just the, the, the standards and the moral character that I learned, um, I don't even call it a brotherhood, but it is like a brotherhood because I feel like we're brothers. Because side note of my, myself, like I grew up with a single mom. Uh, my sister and I are close, but we didn't have much kind of family around. And I didn't really have any male influences, you know? <clears throat> and I spoke to this, uh, to your dad, me and, me and your dad had, and your mom had a dinner in DC. Um, and I, and I got to kind of tell him as an adult, like, man, you know, it was cool that you let me kind of swim in your pool and we, you, you'd feed me dinner sometimes when, when I was, you know, by myself or whatever, cause my mom was working all the time, but th those are the kind of things I just learned all the lessons and how to treat people that way. And I found it's gotten me so far in life. Like it, it, it sounds, it doesn't sound ridiculous, but it, those were the core. So going, going back to the ebbs and flows, like when I was down, and I can give you a perfect example of this. Uh, so when I was so when I was separated from my wife and my child in Pennsylvania for like four years by myself, and we can get into that story. Uh, I you know it's something I don't know if anyone's ever kind of gone through it, but I needed to. I was learning how to kind of sell homes and all that, and I was by myself in the middle of nowhere, like a truck stop kind of town, like the kind of truck stop town that you stop at when you're driving to Toronto or London, you know, the one Tim Hortons on the corner in the gas station, I was stuck in one of those towns. And, um, you know, I wanted to quit, you know, I really wanted to quit. And then, and it was one of those things where <laughs> I would picture myself sitting at your house. If we're all sitting around together, like we always kind of hang out. Uh, and, and it was more towards like you, cause you've always been very inspirational to everybody. You, and, you've always kind of called it like it was. You're never like mean or cruel, but I'm going to be honest with you right now because I'm your friend and I'm going to be honest with you. And that's what I appreciate about you a lot. Like you just shoot it straight. Um, and, I, and I would picture myself telling you like, oh, Tone, I, it's lonely over there, man. I couldn't do it. And like, I had no one to hang out with. And you're like, oh, Sana was gone and this and that. I would just picture the disgusted look on your face going like, what are you, some kind of P-word? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, that thought in my mind, I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that ever. Because one, I'll never hear the end of it. And, and two, like, I, I'm, I got this. I got this. I know I got this. There's other ways out, but I'm not going to quit. You know? Uh, yes, Tony wouldn't quit. So-and-so wouldn't quit. Like, I know Scotty wouldn't quit. Like, he was, wouldn't quit, you know? You would help me figure out the problem, and you'd make me go back out there. That's what you would do. I mean, that's what I would do to you guys. I'd help, you know, listen, cool. Now, what are you going to do about it? We, we were never victims. Like, you're, I've known you your, your whole life. Like, we have no victim mentality in us. It, 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 not to get kind of technical with, you know, with that kind of thing, but it's just, it was never a thing.
No, I think that's an important trait. I appreciate all the nice things you said too, obviously. Thank you. But when it comes to like, I think I hate that. I mean, I hate the victim mentality, especially like my old job. I saw some real victims. You know, I saw some people that were in, you know, you, you're, it was rough for you. It was not, not a joke. Like we were, you know, it couldn't have been easy. Like all your friends living in these, like, you know, my kid, his parents had a huge house and like you're living in a little apartment. Your mom's working all the time. Yeah, Victory Street by the tracks, man. You know, like, but like at the end of the day, like, is that fucking rough compared to like your film? You know, like a, look at the people that are living in like, you know, in Manila right now. Like, you know, some yeah. of the people that are living like that's like, there's some victims there. You know, we're not it. And I think too many people, it drives me crazy. You're not a big social media guy, but I, I hate the social media posts where, you know, Everybody said I couldn't, but I did. No, fuck you. Nobody said that, man. Like, fucking who said that? Like, two yeah. people that you barely know said that. Most people in your life should be telling you that you can. Yeah. Or you can if you make a little right-hand turn you or, like, reminding you of your goals. Most people are like that. And if they're not, you need to cut them out of your life. And I think that was always us. But this crew of guys, like, every single one of us is you know like you said success is measured different we're not talking millionaires and we don't even care about that that's another beauty thing about all of our friends yeah. nobody gives a fuck about that stuff is like everybody's become successful in their own way and success meaning we're all living pretty damn happy lives yeah that that at the end of the day and with none of us well i should say cal will get mad if he hears this <laughs> none of us were good in school maybe cal maybe phil a little bit but like, none of us really like yeah. gave her in school we all kind of want our different routes to figure things out and at every point in our lives, we all had lows. And, yeah. you know, there was times where you, you know, I remember going to Chicago and you paid for everything. I remember going to Vegas and me paying for everything for somebody else. And it was just, yeah. you know, we just did what we had to do to make sure all of us were there and all of us were together no matter yeah. what we had to do. Like, hey, don't worry. Things are good for me. Mikey was the best for that. You know, he yeah. had his job. Oh. He's young it. You know, don't worry. I've got it. I've got it. We probably still all, all owe him that money. Like, <laughs> he owes so much money. But that's, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, that's where I learned it from. Mikey would do that. And I'm like, oh, awesome. And you never hear a thing about it. Like if you had the money, you'd pay him and it was cool. You wouldn't take advantage of him, but like, like who has cash? And like, he, he would come through that way. And like, yeah. yeah I mean, the there, there. It's now being a little bit older. I'm going to meet him for uh, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally letting him buy. <laughs> are you like for two years <laughs> yeah um but yeah, that's that's how i kind of looked at it i looked at it as i picture myself telling everybody how i failed how i quit and how i didn't want to go back and i would think about the criticism i would hear and how like it would just be the worst for me again i don't know it sounds silly no, but it, it i've lived my life through those values and I'm just like, I'm tougher than this. I'm from Windsor, man. I'm from I'm a little South Boy. Yeah, it's Scott the bottom of grind, man. Like, and, like and, at the end of the day, that's how we we did it. And that's how people do it around here. And it's important lessons for anybody listening. Is like Randy hit on something and I talk about it all the time in the tactical life stuff. And in the gym, the six-week transformation going on right now is like if you have goals, tell people that you care about those goals. Like tell somebody that you respect and that you don't want to let down because it is way easier to let yourself down than it is to let those people down. You know, like, so like if your goal is to, you know, gain 10, you know, pounds of muscle or lose 10 pounds of that, whatever, tell people, like tell people that you care about, because you will not want to see that person again in three months. Be like, ah, you know, <laughs> right? like, that's the kind of people that they're like keeping these things to yourself. Like, I, I hate the word manifest. I don't hate it. I just, I think it's being like wrongly construed to the new generation, like, or wrongly explained, like 
There's Manifest, which is like Randy wants to go to, you know, do this in Chicago, wants to go do jiu-jitsu in Chicago, to Outcome, which is like actually getting there, and in between a whole lot of fucking work to get that. Like, and I think that that's what that manifestation is, that part of that manifestation is telling your friends. And then that helps when you're in the lowest, toughest times to dig and do the work that's going to get you to the outcome of that manifestation, right? I think that's where people are uh, could really use a boost or maybe a different outlook on it. So I love that you said that. I don't think it's in any way that that's a uh, that that's you know uh, get too deep or too like and and, and uh, <clears throat> as I've been deconstructing, like how did I get here and stuff like. Um, you know, you hear a lot about the people that you hang out with. You're the average of the five people you, you hang out with the most. I think one thing is that that's it, it, important. I, I do it now. I keep a very small circle. Like, hang out with people that will make you better. It, it, bar none. Like, that, it just makes the biggest difference. You guys feed off of, feed off of each other. And I know when we were young, that, that's basically what we did. Um, and even now, like I have like two really good friends in Austin. That's the only people we hang out. We socialize and we network, but there's just two steady ones. It's like I go over this one guy's house. Like I used to go over Mikey's house all the time. Yeah, uh, and I think like even that's a lesson. Like you talk about my parents, uh, his parents, your mom. Like you know, all of us, uh, Bill's parents. It, like now we're those people. Like our parents were those people. You know, having a kid over for dinner, a friend of your son's or a friend of your daughter's or whatever that might be having them over for dinner and giving to them, like, without really, I mean, what are my parents are like giving you, like they're giving you like a burger and fry, whatever the hell we're yeah, eating. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we're eating your pasta or whatever. But like, yeah, but like what you're doing, you maybe don't realize the influence that you're having on somebody, right? And then like that, that years later, you're speaking of my parents and Mikey's parents as great influences in your life. You know, and then you were able to take my, my, I mean, one of the cool things already is because he's lived so many places, like when we, when people travel, you're like, hey, go visit Randy. And, you know, you're picking them up at their hotel and taking them out of a town, just like you would for me. And my mom and dad have, like, loved that. They have the funniest Randy stories. And Randy used to drive in this little, like, was it Jeep Comanche or something? No, it was, it was like a, a Sonoma pickup truck that could fit three people down. And I could just picture you. Truck. My mom and dad, you're picking them up. You've got like the disc man with Notorious or like Paul <laughs> Doug and Harvey blaring on the mic and it's sliding all around and you, you're the worst driver any of us have ever met. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the actual truth. That wasn't in the, the non-disclosure, but like, and that's not even an Asian joke, bro. That is the absolute fucking truth. And yeah, I can just picture you whipping through the I-75 and oh yeah, the I-94 down in Chicago with my mom and dad like holding on for dear life, but then enjoying and loving dinner together, man. And I don't know how many times you hosted, I, you know, I've been down there for SWAT conferences and you've taken me and my guys out. And, and then even all of us uh, last year was, or two years ago, right before COVID, uh, Scotty coming in from Australia, you flying in from Texas, all of us coming up from Canada, Mike or Mark coming up from uh, Columbus, and all meeting for like we called it one night, of, <laughs> yeah. one night of like absolute chaos in Chicago at a, at a beautiful place. You know, I mean, I just I live for this stuff, man. So you talked about you know you're now a father of two two little girls, yeah, two little uh, girls. and, and uh, also Randy, you're ahead of the the uh, pack when you you got you fell in love and you got married and it was before Kazakhstan became very very popular i know your wife hates is that it popular movie. now well because of the movie yeah, it became yeah. super popular but 
funny fact already is he, like what would you get you got a dowry ring and it's it's waiting for you in Kazakhstan if you ever <laughs> I hope I, <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> so yeah I, I mean I I don't want to get too much into like the family I know you how much you love how much meet you but I, what I love is like watching how you are raising your kids in the same manner that you want to that you want to live your life now like yeah. you've joined them into this i want to talk about this school because i think it is the coolest thing like being a, a homeschool yeah. family right now and you know and i i saw a great quote that came across and it said uh you know homeschooling has always been a thing school was the experiment right like so i think a, a lot of schools think there's like different ways of learning and tell me about this tim kennedy school you've signed the girls up for so, just can't go there so far. Uh, no, no, both girls go there. So um, we're part of this uh, school called Apogee. Um, it was founded by uh, Tim Kennedy. So if any of your listeners are probably familiar with who, who he is, um, is an ex-USC fighter, um, Army Ranger sniper. He, the best way to describe him is like if G.I. Joe was real, we'd be this guy. Uh, he has eight businesses. Uh, he reminds me a lot of yourself, man. In, in, in all honesty, I, I really, when you guys come down to visit, I love for you guys to connect. Um, but we we started them in, uh, I think it was like last October, I think it was. So what was going on? And again, I'm sure it's worse in Canada. Uh, they're making the kids wear the masks in schools, um, really separated where they were when they were playing on the playground. They make like these like uh, almost hopscotch boxes and they make them stand in the box or in the circle. I don't know. Uh, so the school, the way it works in Texas is you have your subdivision and then there's like a school in the neighborhood kind of thing. So like there's a school probably like a kilometer away from us right now. Um, it kept getting shut down because another kid would get COVID, another kid would get COVID. So my daughter was just sitting at home bored. Like she wasn't uh, stimulated whatsoever. Like she played with her sister, but the rest of the time she's sitting there watching cartoons and so uh, a good friend of mine um, is friends with Tim Kennedy. And I, I knew kind of about him. I saw him on a Joe Rogan podcast. And I thought, oh, wow, I really like that guy's business model, um, you know, protecting your family, freedom, things like that. Uh, but I never thought too much about it. So I started following him on Instagram. And I, and I saw this school. And it just opened up. And I, and I, and I was looking at the, the, the ideas of it and what it is, it's called the acted. Uh, method or basically the Socratic method and, and what they do is they teach kids how to critically think so um, what I kind of parent my kids that way like if they how, how do you turn on the TV well let's look at it together how do you think we turn on the TV and I would break down the steps and my daughter would get super annoyed my oldest she's like just tell me the answer I'm just like I'm not gonna tell you anything <laughs> and then I go <laughs> and I always give her examples like uh, like she's like why do I gotta learn how to read or like why do I have to learn numbers? I'm like, because when Papa's old, he needs someone to take care of him. And if you don't have skill sets and we go somewhere and let's say I want to get a Whopper and you get me a chicken sandwich, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> like, I just need you to take care of me when I'm old. And to do that, you need skill sets. And she like takes it in. She's like, okay, that makes sense. But um, all joking aside, um, we, we brought her there. Uh, my daughter's really introverted. Uh, she doesn't make friends very easy. Um, she's a thinker like me. She's she's like a, like a daydreamer. I see, you know, you see yourself in your kids, right? Like you see their personalities. You know, kids are different. Like you see your personality traits in them. And uh, I was always kind of, I was kind of worried because she could never make friends and she could never connect with anybody. So I thought she was going to get bullied. And uh, that's kind of one of my big fears. And so uh, 
Regular school wasn't doing it for her. I'd ask her, hey, what's going on at school? Ah, nothing. Some guy was talking about butts all day. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, the next day, I was school? Ah, nothing. Some kid was taking his nose. Like, oh, my God. Like, you're not learning anything. And the class sizes are pretty big. And they're like 30 kids to one teacher. And it was just kind of, I felt her dying intellectually. Like, she just wasn't talking or whatever. So, uh, or it just had anything great to say kind of thing. And would that kind of act out. So we sent her to this school and we, we did the interview process and, uh, you know, watched the principal's TED talk and stuff like that and uh, interviewed and we got in and Cam started school. And uh, so the school doesn't have any grades. They, they have tasks. They, they're called badges that they have to, to earn. Um, but they basically work on, you know, what they what they're interested in. So if you're interested in piano, the, the they're called guides or the teachers will like help the kid like figure out how to play piano um it, it, it's really it's almost like two bumpers kind of thing like if you're if you're interested in this thing and, you, and you're veering off the the guide will help you kind of figure it out and with today's technology youtube the internet you can figure out anything like when we were kids we didn't have that you had to you know read a book or you didn't learn how to play piano you had a guy coming to your house on thursday night before you could go play out with your friends kind of thing and your friends would be waiting for you if you didn't have to cut the grass, you know? Yeah. Um, but my daughter taught herself piano through through this school and, like, uh, had a big uh, concert. Not a big concert, but she played in front of, like, 80 adults. And, like, she played the chandelier song and just, like, rocked the house, like, no sheet music, just looking up. I I'll have to send you the video, but I was pretty proud. Um, yeah, Danny showed me a, a little clip of that. And oh, I think I showed it. Yeah, yeah. She was sending. She was singing with Tim Kennedy too, right? Uh, uh, there was one where she's sitting with Tim Kennedy, like they're playing piano. They're like buddies. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I like. Uh, I show her like Tim's like fights and stuff, and what he does, and she's like, "Mr. Tim does that." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what was it? Uh, so that's what it is. They're just basically asking the kids like how would you solve this problem you have this you have this badge you have to earn a book reading badge you have to read three books or you have to talk about where you come from how are you going to present this and how are you going to do it and so they have this really interesting curriculum like i haven't i talked to danny about this yet but i'm sure she she would be interested or both of you guys would be interested like they do these meetings in the mornings for these kids like the guide will sit down with the kids and like let's plan your day what are you going to do it's like a, a high-end business meeting, but for like elementary school kids. I like it. I like and it. They you guys them... open one of these, man. Yeah, no, look into it, man. Acting, man. Um, and they give them tasks. They're like, okay, well, if you're gonna, if if this is your goal, what are the tasks that you have to complete today in order to get to your task or uh, get to your target? You know. I and, mean, that's uh, why that is exactly what I do with businesses now. Like that's exactly how I go into businesses and like bring my, you know, like. Uh, my tact my tactical background, my swap background into a business. Like so that's why we I think we run so efficiently here at the garage gym. Yeah. And so now I've started going to business and teaching this. Now they're teaching that to kids. Like how how phenomenal of an idea is that? Oh if you're like her, her mind we is talk about manifestation uh, an outcome, right? So and bridging that gap through work. But through that work if you have like those tasks planned yeah. out and super gratifying for an adult, let alone a child, yeah. to like map out because like when you know the goal is massive it, it's it can be overwhelming when we're yeah. looking at little steps like oh you know like i want to lose like we'll go back to losing weight i want to lose 10 pounds you know first step buy healthy groceries like <laughs> you know what i mean like that's a win it's yeah. a win it's a win and, and that and the yeah. wanting to get wins just keeps 
it's addictive, right? That's that's an incredible. That was really you know, apogee, like that. What that means, right? It's like uh, the highest point in an orbit, or like the culmination of like of something. Like the ultimate climax or something that's amazing it's awesome. yeah tim, tim, tim i didn't read the definition of it uh but tim was talking about it it means victory it was like a, it's like a military thing yeah uh it means success and uh he calls it the students are called heroes and they're on the hero's journey and uh it, it's a it's a beautiful thing man and the, you had a post on instagram or something i forget what it was but you were talking about like do, doing a list or planning your day so you're not reacting you're just right. checking it off and I, I think I was talking to Cam. I'm like, oh man, you do that? I don't. Even, I do that kind of when I have a big day, but I don't do it every day. Yeah, proactive versus really reactive, man. Yeah, like, you know, like if you have a plan, you're always going to, you know, like you, you go to a, you go to a cottage with your family, and you should. I mean, it's not about being paranoid. It's about planning and, and protecting your family, and making sure you're, you know, you're safe. You should like, okay, if something happens. The first aid kit is here. I have the means to handle it. The hospital is here. The car keys will be here. And then, you know what? Fuck, if nothing happens, big deal. I mean, great, obviously great. But if something does happen, you're like, you're you're already proactively like three steps ahead that you would have been. Like action beats reaction every single time. And, and so the better your plan you have, the better chance. That, that's outstanding. They're teaching that to children, man. Yeah, it, it's been really great for her. She's opened up as a person. I was actually on... um. So we had an open house, I think it was last Friday. I was uh, on a panel. So they had like parents of the students. I think there was five of us and uh, can't, her, her uh, principal or her, the, the head person called her like a shining star kind of thing. Again, you like getting cool things for your kids and all that, or cool messages from the teachers right. from your kids and all that. But Kim is like 180 turned around, like is opinionated, can have great conversations. She's still her, her herself she's shy but she's not as shy anymore she has tons of friends she's a leader in the group so what i like about the schools they mix the ages so it's not just all 10 year olds it's like 12 year olds with 10 year olds with eight year olds and they have an elementary school and they have a middle school but what happens is the kids learn from each other through just pure pure interaction like i'm not gonna act out and be a jackass because the kids won't want to play with me you know and the other kids will hold them accountable but even like school and tasks, like, again, there's no grades, there's no homework, but you can work at home if you want to earn that badge and be ranked on this. They have basically this badge ranking list of achievements, like kind of like Xbox, if you will, with all the kids' names and all the different badges. And like, there's a kid with one badge and the kid with like 20 badges kind of thing. And uh, the kids naturally gravitate and want to compete for it. And it's a beautiful thing. And they all help each other. And uh, it's it, it just been it's been great. So I got to sit on this panel because we're like one of the founding families, um, and I'm really supporting that school too. I'm supporting their mission. I'm using kind of like again, if they need someone to talk, need someone to sell something, or need something to donate, like I'm just I'm really one of the things I'm getting into as like a father is just like supporting my community and supporting protecting my family and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been great. And then Ani Ani just joined it. I think it's been two months because she was just bored at home she had no one to talk to so uh she's been with the little kids and she's like the opposite of the cam just really personable makes friends really easy but she's now interacting with them but they behave and uh, i don't get any kind of like nobody's spazzing out at school or anything that, that the teachers generally enjoy them and uh they're just growing into just like kids that you want to talk to 
Like when they're doing something unacceptable, kids are going to be bad. Let's just face it. We're all bad kids in one way or another. But the way we treat them at home is like, if you're doing something unacceptable, I'm going to let you know. Why are you letting me know? Because when you go out there in the world, no one's going to want to be around. It's going to cause antisocial behavior. And parents, people just, you won't get it. You won't click with people. So if you're doing something that I don't like, I will tell you and why you're doing it. And if you keep doing it, like no one's going to want to be around you. Like uh, a good example is when we're playing board games, Ani's kind of young. Um, but if she starts acting out because she's losing, I'm like, all right, game's over. Well, why? Why would I want to play with you? Like, so she's, she, she calms kind of down and she gets it now kind of thing. It's not her way or the highway, but I don't know. Apogee has been a, a big life changer for us and uh it's been really good i love to hear that man it's like anybody listening can kind of relate it's hard to like you know forever i think when i look at you and we have conversations we'll forever be 25 right and it's so you're you say that you're on a parent council it's like no really what like which is i'm I'm so happy to hear you say that stuff and i love hearing that and and you know what i don't have daughters and i'm always talking about raising up young like sons to be the you know the warrior protector that they should yeah. be and that, that i think is innate inside all young boys but i, I can only imagine as a father to daughters how important it is to, to you know to make sure that your daughter is opinionated uh has the social skills and confidence you know yeah. seeing you know seeing grown women in this gym and and understanding like the the problems they have with the scales and with self-image I, it's just i love to hear this kind of stuff because like what what I've seen some people struggle with today probably is all coming back. Not probably. I would assume it's all coming back from when they were, you know, cancer, right? Like it's it's just that it's a building blocks of foundations to to that, like, you know, the world yeah. spirit that's gonna be in that young that young girl suit to be woman to, you know, to be mother at one point, right? It's incredible. Well one of, one of the cool things uh they do at their school too is they have um a speaker come in every Friday that's a special that's like I don't know, uh, a successful in their field kind of thing. So like they'll have a lawyer, a doctor, or they have police officers. Uh, one time they had, um, do you know who uh, JP Awakens is? Uh, he does all that funny, um, he's like a workout guy, but he does a lot of funny political satire stuff. I don't know. He's been on Rogan a couple times, but he's like a YouTube star. He's based in Austin. They had that guy come out. The kids are like, how do you become a YouTube star? What, what traits do you need? And just with other stuff, like how do you become a successful lawyer? What happens there? And they're learning, you know, you, your parents can only tell you so much. Your teachers can only tell you so much. You're learning through strangers. Like, okay, i got to work hard. i got to put the work in. Like there's like this constant message of like, do the work and things will happen. You know, you can't just wish things kind of thing. So, um, uh, what I like is every time they have a speaker, Cam, if I'm driving, I always pick her up from school or most of the time. She's always like, you know, they you, they say a lot of things you say, Papa, all the time. I'm like, awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I even find that at the gym. I'll like repeat the same thing about bench press with squat, like such a way less deep than what you're talking about, right? Yeah. But then they'll go and they'll, like, they'll hear from another coach or somebody on Instagram and they're like, Oh right, rip the floor apart, brace your belly. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to save this for five years. You may come here. I'm going to cut you out and read this ad, and then I want to just have a little bit of fun. We begin. We've been too deep, too deep for our conversation. So this uh, podcast is sponsored by my good friends Ian and Kara Murray of Marine Insurance. They are Southwestern Ontario's number one ranked Desjardins Insurance Agency, and they're owned by Garage Gym, Kingsville OGs, Ian and Kara. 
Uh, their team prides themselves on many of the highest standards of graduates come, members have come to expect, and they're experts in their industry with a combined over 100 years of experience in their office. They have the best customer service. Uh, they have claims concierge service, and that is exclusive to their clients. And the best part about these guys is they focus on their community, employing local team members, and investing and supporting back in the Essex County community. Like Randy talked about, that is such an important quality to have. So if you want to, uh, they're a one-stop shop. If you want to get a hold of them, you give their team a call at 509-733-2331 or check them out at buryinsurance.ca. So, man, the protector, uh, I love that this little, that this is a new thing for you, or maybe a new thing that you've been talking about more. So, it's, yeah. you know, you've been investing into yourself and, and learning, you know, skills. You, know, you had the, the, you know, the fighting skills, they're probably a little rusty, but they're coming back as you've entered the, you know, you're now doing jiu-jitsu again with, uh, Again, with some candy at the, the you know, his uh, sheepdog center, but also, you know, like other things like that. I, I'm surprised to hear you talk about, like, you know, it's, it's very cool to see that protector mentality. I guess it, it's, a, it's a real thing, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of like, you know, everybody should be the first responder in your own home. You know, and I'm not saying be you know, ready for build a bunker or anything like that, but you should be prepared for violence. You should be prepared for, you know, emergencies and, and medical emergencies. And those kinds of things, and like the more prepared you are, I feel like the calmer you can become. And I don't know that I've ever, you know, I've seen you so even. And, and <laughs> you've always been confident, but you're a different confident. You're like a quiet confident now, and I love so that's that's the that's the warrior mindset that you recognize as somebody who's actually you know ready to you know ready to to bring it if you have to, right? Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's something definitely. Like I, I was looking at this year. And uh, I, I always just want to kind of improve on something, right? If you're honest with yourself, you want to kind of grow because you, you hit certain goals, I guess, or whatever. It's just like, how can you evolve as a person? And I, one of the big things was like, okay, well, I got a family now. It's not just me. And, and, and we had an incident happen where I was taking the girls to tea time downtown that we're in church clothes and they were like dresses (laughs) (laughs) um so we're going to afternoon tea time on like a sunday and austin at the moment right now or it did back then this happened maybe a year ago year and a half ago um it was it's just overrun with homeless people it just really overrun i i I thought i saw a lot in chicago it was was just a lot downtown it was like a scene out of batman the hotel we were going to didn't have valet for whatever reason it was weird so I had to park in some scary parking garage and I had to walk the girls. So it was me, Kulsana and the two girls all in like, you know, church clothes. We had to walk through like 10 to 12, like homeless people that were smoking meth in front of the gold gym. And there was like a CrossFit class going in, uh, on in front of the gold gym. It was like these big windows downtown. It was just like an odd scene. But like, I remember having to split, like there's guys on each side of the sidewalk and they were just getting high, looking like bombs. And I felt nervous for the first time in my life. Cause if it was just me, not a big deal, right? Like you're just, you're in your head, you're 25, you're big, like you're just walking. But I had my kids, my wife with me. I didn't know what to do. I felt kind of helpless. And I, and not, nothing happened, but I definitely felt nervous. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, I, you can't look scared. You just got to keep walking. But I, I, from then on, I was like, I need to know something. I had no situational awareness. It just, it was, it was bad. And you know, I've heard stories from you, obviously, and I, not, not to get too deep with those, but like, I know what happens, evil things happen. And, uh, 
I don't know. Ever since then, I was like, okay, I need to get kind of serious with that. And so I, I bought some of the sheepdog uh, online classes just to kind of get a sense of what I was kind of looking for and just kind of filled in the gaps from there. Again, it, it, a lot of it's just simple, but like have situational awareness. When you're around, look around. Don't look at your phone. It, like, we, we had uh, something happen here in Austin. I guess um, Tim was talking about it. There's like a kidnapping ring going on at the playgrounds over here where like cars, it's like two cars and they'll bring their 10 year old son out to like play hide and seek with the other kids and then lure the kids into another car. Uh, if you search for the podcast, it's Kyle Kingsbury and Tim Kennedy. Kyle Kingsbury is another heavyweight UFC fighter and he talks about it. And then in a community that's not too far away from us. And it, it's scary. It's scary. Right. And like, do I know those things? Do I know how to look for those things? That's what I do. I hang out with the kid at the parks with the kid, my kids all the time. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more always guilty of looking at our emails, you know, cause you're just sitting there, but like ever, I don't want to say ever since then, but I'm usually conscious of stuff that's around, but I'm not looking for that, you know? So, um, I, I've been kind of focusing on that, like getting a pistol for the house. What if someone breaks into the house? Do I know what to do? Like, not really, you know, it's like, you're not going to jujitsu with the guy that has to break it into your house to come in with weapons. Right. So I was just thinking of contingencies. So, uh, I bought my first pistol, uh, which I texted you right away, and I didn't realize we were gun twins. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was the only one that fits my hand. You're like, I got that exact one, or I used to. I'm like, that's hilarious. So uh, I, I uh, hired a, a shooting coach uh, to teach me how to shoot, teach me how to draw and to load the weapon and stuff. And uh, Gulsana is going to take the woman's course for, like, sheepdog. And I'm actively investing into, like, what do we need to do to protect our kids and to protect ourselves should anything happen and kind of like have that she sword, if you will, um, and being responsible for that. And so that is something that uh, I'm actively doing right now. I haven't mastered a lot of it. Uh, one of the reasons why I picked up jujitsu again, which I, I told you about after like 20 years, I've been going, wow, I go twice a day, I think four or five days a week or something like that. I've been going a lot. Um, but just to kind of get, get my body back in shape kind of thing. Um, it's amazing, man. I see a little bit of a black eye. You see it? Yeah. Kulsana was telling uh, me or me? Yeah, me. me. Oh, I got one you right too. here. Kulsana, like, yeah, it just happens. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're older, we I mean, bruised a lot. There's of a great book uh, <laughs> by Tim Larkin, When Violence is the Answer, I think it is. No, that's a good thing. And it's, and like, like I was saying, like guys, like, nobody should be scared listening, like, yeah, it's one percent of the world is violent crime, right? Like one percent of the world. That is like one percent of the people in the world are, are capable of that. And most can be, I would, I mean, I'm not gonna get into the size, but most can be dissuaded through your actions, through your situational awareness, situational avoidance, situational understanding. Like that's that's the cycle that we all speak about, anybody in, in my community. And but there is a point when somebody decides like that like atypical it's it's called right and that's when it's like they're coming for you and there's nothing stopping that is that that terrible situation it's it's less than a percentage you know it's very low but can you at least be the first responder can you handle things until help gets there can you handle things yourself and get yourself out of that situation as fast as possible it's not about it's about getting away yeah, really honestly bad, yeah right it's about getting away or, or making time for your family to get away and stuff so you know spending some time uh you know anybody interested blast camp is coming again basic leadership and survival tactics that'll be at the end of uh 
May, the course that we're offering, and I, I've uh, really been stacking up my team at Tangle and Solutions, and I'm like really ready to roll this next one out. I can't wait, and I wish you could come home for it, Randy. You'd love it. You'd <laughs> I wish I could it. participate in it too. You so know, okay, crossing that border. <laughs> so I can't go. I can't go the whole podcast without asking this, especially because our friends will probably listen to this one. So you have worked some of the worst jobs in the world. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe at a strip club. <laughs> we're meant to do <laughs> that's the side of what is what is the i mean i'm talking fucking hundreds of jobs by the way i got ready a job once when we were when we were 17 he lasted eight hours but, uh, it was a cashway well, shout out to cashway yeah shout out to cashway <laughs> artist job that's where it first started to grow muscles um, lifting all that shit all day but anyways what was the worst job of the 150 jobs you have worked it, it would have to be shot metal sanding those. I knew it was. Uh, yeah, shot metal sanding had to be the worst. It was the hardest. It was like a coal miner job. So if, if you guys don't know what shot metal sanding is, it's uh, the plants in Windsor shut down for for a bit to um, redo the the floor because I guess there's some kind of like a like a like a, there's some kind of coating on it, and the only way to get it off is to ride this lawnmower device that shoots buckshot or like BBs out to the floor and it breaks up this paint or this coating and then somebody sweeps it and vacuums it up. But because you're in the car plant and there's all those robots or machinery, you can't, it's not, it's not like a lawnmower. You have to do it by hand and it's buckets. And it's, if you can imagine how big a car plant is, you have to do the whole plant. So that by far that was the worst. So I would do that. I think I was like working from 10 to 8 PM to like, 7 a.m. I, I remember getting home in the morning because Mike would go to work. I was, that's when I was living with Mike a little bit. And uh, I'd be covered in dust and soot, and it was all in my nose. And I just, ooh. One thing I can tell you, like, when you work a bunch of crappy jobs, it really puts your mindset into, like, what can I do to not work this crappy job ever again? Yes, <laughs> it really puts the sure, hunger on you. I mean, you got to sure. hump a bunch of crappy jobs. And if you're humping a crappy job right now, Whatever you're thinking on how to get out, that's probably the direction you should be leading it towards because there's a reason why it's crappy. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great place to end it. I think the name of this podcast for sure is going to be Do the Work. Uh, Do the if, work. Anybody, if anybody I know has done the work and meant to, to see you, like like I said, like, you know, you fucking, you're selling houses. Like, you sold out Austin, basically, man. And to see you <laughs> succeed like that, I mean, it, it just – it. It's about celebrating each other. I know that it makes all of us here at home, all your boys here, the canine posse, very, very proud. And I'm well, I'm glad. That's what I do it for, man. I mean, again, I, 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 when, from your original question, it's like, who are we as men? Who you, can you look towards, you know? And like, I see you succeed in your business and doing what you did. And it was scary, right? You started from nothing. And that, like, I remember when we were doing projections, I found an old email when I was doing business projections for you. And I, and I thought I'd send it to you just to get a laugh at it. Cause like you're smashing those numbers now. It's like, it, it's good, man. It's inspiring. It's again, always behind you. I follow all your stuff. I think you know that. I was like, appreciate you, it. you put some random YouTube video up. I'm like, like <laughs> you get your 10,000 shorts, you make your order. Yeah, no, I sent you the thing. I didn't yes. get it in yet, but I did order it. All right, guys. Listen, follow Randy. Follow Randy and get your uh, 10,000 gear. <laughs> Tango 15 at the, that is the best sports performance stuff there is. Get your, uh, get yourself, man. Uh, right now, I think they're, they're, you can double up my code. You can use Tango 15 and another code at checkout and get some uh, amazing stuff so you can train like a machine. 
uh, Randy Tactical Pants. The Tactical Pants. Oof, buddy, if you're going shooting, those things are beauties. Okay. But anyways, man, thank you so much for coming on here today. You know, hugs and kisses to your family. I'm just going to hit stop record. And uh, that is it. That's a wrap. Do the work, guys. Do the work. Do more. Be more for yourself and for others. Now's the time to do more and be more. 